Welcome to Chronic Combat Conversations, a live look at our best bets, picks, and predictions for every UFC event with your hosts, TV Scouting MMA and the guru back again after two weeks off. God, did we miss you for Mackenzie Dern taking on Yan Zhao Nan, UFC Vegas 61, also known as UFC Fight Night 211 and USC, UFC on ESPN Plus 69, baby. We're here. We're ready. We're locked and loaded, especially since we don't have a card next week. What the f- is going on? But doesn't matter because right now we got a good friend in the building. He is somebody that we've been watching cash bets on his YouTube channel for a long time, right? He's out here killing it. FanDuel, um, DraftKings, right? Play and Fades Sports on YouTube. Gambles Gordo on Twitter. Gordo Gambles. No, either way, man. What the fuck is good? Gordo Gambles. Our boy. I gotta start out my names, don't I? Eh? Dude, it's got me all this. Are you? Which one do you actually prefer? Gambles? It has to be Gordo Gambles over Gambles. It's Gordo, Gordo Gambles. Yeah, yeah. It's Gordo Gambles, but on Twitter you're Gambles Gordo, right? I have no I idea that. how that happened. I, think <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Maybe you were enjoying some of the chronic when you were making it, man. Oh, for sure. You can always enjoy the chronic. Let's go, baby. Let's get it. Gordo is somebody that's out here cashing tickets, man. He's got his own show on uh, Pub Sports as well. Um, Pub Sports Radio. If you guys know Clint, you've got to know Pub Sports. Here it is. Follow um, this channel, guys. Plays and Fades Sports. There it let's is. Get it. That's it let's right there. It. Let's go, baby. And shout out always in the chat, as always, Daz. Gordo, best guest ever. Let's go. You know we get the best guests. Come on, guys. You know it. That's why we had to have Gordo on. And shout out Mushroom. Yo, we got a free Mushroom. I've been talking to StreamYard. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing on StreamYard. I have no idea what the fuck I was doing when I blocked uh, fucking Mushroom by accident in the chat. But guys, let's, make up for let's it. Let's not rehash old news yeah, here. Yeah, get Listen, that chat we up. Get, we got like to we gotta get into really what's most important here. And that's Gordo's team, the Bills, taking an L against the Miami oh, Dolphins. No. Come on. He has what no idea. I did not sign up that. for this. No, he Come did on. not. No, so little, little did you guys know that when I entered backstage, I got chirped for my Crosby jersey too. You want to take a rip at these two on the side? <laughs> yeah, listen, we, we wow. obviously have some sports beef, so I'm, I'm hoping the beef kind of continues, honestly. So we, we have a little bit of the fire. Fire show. Right? Very yeah. excited to see what, what kind of spots you have here. What um, up, the right things. Thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you hopping in the show. First timer, baby. How, yeah, hell yeah. Coming in, baby. Love it. Appreciate love it. you. Let's so, get after it, guys. Right? Yeah. We, do we have, do we have to delay any further? I don't want to make you go. No, through that. I mean, dude, the Dolphins look fucking pretty damn good, though. But we no, know. but we let's be real here. Every everyone has to take so an early hot, season like let's so down, hot. and and I think uh, we're gonna see you know Josh Allen come through. But hey, this is not a football show. And Guru, we could talk about your Giants all day too on Monday night, <laughs> my friend. So yeah, let's uh, let's keep this party rolling here before you get too excited. And uh, we got. <laughs> Mackenzie Dern versus Yan Zhao Nan. Look at this. The beautiful. Look at that Gordo Gambles. Look at that over there. Oh, yeah. So we got our special guest. And, uh, Wait, let's him right or the or him or his logo? What are you Both. What are you ooing and I? I was talking about the oh. logo. It did look good. But, I mean, Gordo, Gordo over oh, there, baby. man. Looking suave. Oh, so uh, it's time to make some money over here because like uh, we had a week off. Uh, I might have blew a couple dollars trying to fade Yanni on Contender Series the week prior and Things didn't go so hot, so we need to get it back this weekend, okay? So we're going to start off, and we've got Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Yan Zhao Nan. It's minus 230 Dern, 
plus 195, Xiaonan. Uh, the over two and a half at minus 135, under two and a half at plus 105. It's pretty interesting for women's MMA, especially at 115, and especially for a five round fight. Uh, so ultimately, though, I think it depends on which side you end up on for which way you end up playing that over under. And Mackenzie Dernan minus 230, that's just not good enough for me. Um, I'm really trying to stay from away from playing any juice at this point, especially if there's no line value to be had, you know, like positive EV or anything like that. Like if you think the line's going to go from minus 200 to minus 400, like maybe you throw a small parlay. But right now I just can't, this, this line's not sliding anymore. Okay. It, we got minus 230. This is where it's going to sit. Maybe a couple points and like, Dern, I just can't do it. So we got to go prop hunting immediately on my end. And that's where under two and a half of plus 105. Well, hey, if you think Mackenzie Dern wins, all of her finishes in the UFC have been round one submissions. And if you want to protect yourself and be like, oh, like, what if she just positionally dominates and goes for the knockout for whatever reason? You could like play inside the distance. But like, Guru, I think we're going to have a good angle here. So I'm going to let you take it from here because I, I think, you know, I could ramble on. But, you know, I think you got some good points, too. Uh, well, I certainly hope so. Thank you. Um, <laughs> listen, th this fight is very, very interesting. You know, you, like you said, we have Mackenzie Dern at minus 230, which if we go to our little odds calculator, right, that's a 70% implied win probability. Yeah. That means she has to win more than 70% of the time to make you profit, to make that a bet that you'd even consider. So, no, I don't, I don't necessarily. I, th I think maybe it's lined just about right, probably where it should be, maybe even, maybe even a little steep. So like TV so adequately said before, it, you do. You have to immediately go prop hunting. Um, Yan Zhao Nan is somebody who, right, we saw her go toe-to-toe -to -toe basically with Marina Rodriguez despite the size and reach advantage. So she's certainly like no walk in the park. She's a badass. She can strike. Um, I think the problem is, though, is at least from what I saw on the tape, she is she doesn't necessarily maintain distance. So when somebody like Dern, all she wants to do is throw heavy overhands and crash into you, I think Jan is going to kind of let that happen, like especially early. So if McKenzie, by any means, especially in a small cage, right, in the apex, um, if McKenzie can by any means, we've seen how bad her offensive wrestling is, but we've also seen that you don't necessarily, right, Jillian Robertson, somebody with not very good offensive wrestling, like, you just need to slip on a banana peel just one time, catch one kick, overextend on one punch. You know, I'm not convinced Jan's going to be able to keep the fight at it at on the feet for 25 minutes. And I think if it what we've what we've I don't even have to think that what we've seen on tape is when Jan Janan's on her back, it's a flipped over turtle. We watched Carlos Barza cut through the guard like butter. And just rain down elbows. One of our best dog plays. That made no fucking sense. She was a Carl Arsposa was an underdog in that fight. Um. So yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly interesting. I, I think the way that we see it is if we we lean the Mackenzie Dern side, which I believe that we do. I think Mackenzie probably gets it done early. So Dern round one, round two, grouping. Plus 150. Because honestly, I think if it gets past that, they're sweaty. It's on the feet. You, you might you'd be shredding up your fucking Mackenzie Dern money line ticket. I'll tell you that much. 
because it then it's it's way this is on the feet. I don't even know if it's 50-50. Like Jan is probably the line should maybe be flipped if it was just a striking battle. So without further ado, we gotta hear from Gordo. What do you think, buddy? Yeah. This is this is an interesting fight. And uh before I get into these um I just want to ask you guys straight up: Does this fight being close to me to have any impact on you guys? Are you guys gonna be watching this on your Oculus or anything, or like what's <laughs> going on here? Uh, that is so fuck. Right, Mark Zuckerberg. If you guys don't know, we believe has rented out the Apex. We don't know whether if it's just for him or his family, for his family and friends, or some sort of business VR venture. But it's a fucking weird situation happening here, right? You know why he's doing it, man? He's doing it so we can get a good You're look. You're muted at if you did want to talk. Oh, yeah, right, right. He wants to see Mackenzie Darren right up close and personal. So then his wife definitely won't be there. You definitely want some VR experience for Mackenzie Darren. That's probably a good reason to do that. It's a per- perfect person to try it out on there. Yeah, you know what, man? It's a, it's a spot where uh, I do think that this is a Mackenzie Dern showcase fight. I think it is her that they're trying to promote here. And all jokes aside, I do think that if you are holding a Yan Zonown ticket, you aren't really relying on the skills of Yan to win. You're more so betting against Mackenzie Dern. You're betting against Mackenzie Dern's ability to get it to the ground. You're betting against her ability to make improvements on the feet. And the one thing I will say about Mackenzie Dern is she has been making improvements everywhere from her striking, even to her wrestling. And I think that she implies an ounce of that same game plan she had against uh, Tisha Torres last time out. Yen is done. I- like, I'm sorry. And I, like, it's not one where I want to lay juice on women's MMA, especially in these main events, but it's really hard for me to see going any other way than Dern really needing only one takedown. Um, of course, let's give let's give Zena uh, more credit. She is going to be the better striker of the two. She is going to be winning the minutes on the feet. But I don't know if that gap is going to be as wide as other people are saying. I've been listening to a lot of content. A lot of people are saying it's a striker versus grappler. But I do think Dern has made some improvements, and she's been oh yeah she's been durable enough to do it. And <laughs> you know what, man, I like Mackenzie Dern in the spot. I'm a oh, DraftKings yeah. player first. I'm a DFS player first, yeah, and. Okay. Yeah, give us that play. Give us. We want to hear a little bit about that because me personally, I know absolutely (laughs) nothing about um, DraftKings type playing. So um, I'm certainly interested to hear your thoughts in terms of that as well. I'm not even sure what our listeners, if they like that too. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure they do. If they're gamblers, they they fucking like it. So what, what what would your thought be in terms of that? Well, before I get into that, let's just give you a quick breakdown of what's going on with DraftKings here. I, I get my yes. chance to rant. Here we go. This is this is a mistake for you guys. But um, I'm a DraftKings player first before I ever started betting. Was I played DraftKings? I love the lineups. I love it all that stuff. Um, I played it all the time. I got I won a couple tournaments when the Iron Man there, and then just of May this year, they took it out where I live, and uh, they no longer have it in my home uh, province actually. So. I talk about it a lot still because I'm a fan of it, but I definitely cannot play it in my own right. So lot of drama there but um DraftKings wise I think that the all the upside is on the Mackenzie Dern side and on, on DraftKings you want lots of volume lots of finishes lots of control time lots of takedowns get points for takedowns knockdowns and this is the reason why you want Mackenzie uh, Dern because I don't see much finish equity on the Yan side I don't see much um oh how you doing uh I don't see anything else really <laughs> than uh <laughs> <laughs> then uh Dern with more upside. <laughs> We're playing around. So um yeah, I, I think I look okay here, you know, bigger screen. But all this yeah. to say that I do think that Dern is not only the side on the drafting side of thing, but also in the betting line. I like her to finish. I like her to submit her. Like you said, turtle on the mat for Yan. I think she only needs one takedown, gets her out of there. I'm on Mackenzie Dern in the main event. Okay. 
Yeah, listen, so I'm not sure if people know this or not, but Mackenzie Dern trains with the likes of Cheeto Vera and Luke Rockhold yes. with Jason Perillo. And that's yes. why you've seen so many uh, improvements in her striking. <laughs> and um, I, I just want to say inversely, just to throw it out there, I think I'll, I'll feel better once I say it. Uh, if you're if you're on the Yan Zhao Nan side, the only play in my mind is decision only. Oh, for you sure. You get your get your money back if she gets finished. Yeah, and wow. she's not and she's not gonna finish Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern is tough. Okay, good. So, so if you're on Yan Zhao Nan, you play Yan Zhao Nan, uh finish uh finish only. <laughs> you play Yan Zhao Nan decision only, minus one thirty five. That's but interesting. Yeah, not, not something I'm interested in. For myself personally, I like uh, Mackenzie Dern early. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, let me... I, Go ahead. I will say, like, the, the guru, you know, I, I'm glad that you got that Perillo point out there because anyone that works with him definitely makes progressions from camp to camp specifically. And Gordo, thanks for bringing the striking. up. Yeah, overall that, you know, you got to expect someone that's hungry and a competitor like this. You know, I mean, we saw her... You see some fighters come back after, you know, I mean, just to keep it real on the physiological side. I mean, she came back from giving birth and and she has kept improving and getting better physically and as a fighter since then. Um, so I, I think you have to assume that she is going to keep on getting better. So, uh, Gordo, what were you going to say, man? Oh, I was just going to say, if you are looking to play the Mackenzie Dern sign and you like mm -hmm. for me, I want to cover all my bases. Of course, I do think she finishes her, but I don't necessarily know if I want to get cute. I wouldn't play the submission line. I'll tell you that right now. No, the submission no. line is five points different than the inside the distance. That protects you from the yes. uh, spam KO, the cut victory, if you want to be Carlos Barza, all this stuff. Um, I, I do think Dern wins. I do think she gets her out of there, but be careful because it is women's MMA. It is a five-round main event. Um, I'm just going to play it safe with either Dern on DraftKings or uh, Dern inside the distance. I, I almost want to go crazy with the side. Like, I feel like if Dern gets it, she's got to showcase herself here, right? Like, I just, if it's going over two and a half rounds, I think it's a problem for Dern. Like, I really, like, I just don't, I think it's not going her way. Like, or just not, she could even be possibly winning, but just not going the way that she wants. She wants an early sub. Under, under two and a half is plus money which is to me kind of strange because they're lining a women's MMA fight. That's a five round fight at two and a half. So they kind of already think that there's going to be a finish, but they're not fully committing to it. So I, I don't think you could just, I don't think you could finish Mackenzie Dern easily on the feet. I think you might be able to, to touch her a bit and like hurt her at times, but she's shown to have a good chin, be able to take strikes and actually she, she's kind of dangerous in her own right. I mean, she hurt Tisha Torres at the end of round one, and that's kind of what won her that round on two out of three scorecards to get the split decision in that last fight. Um, and the other I, thing I'll say about Dern is that she's very opportunistic, and and I really like that round one or round two for the plus 150 because it, it's I was just, just about I was just about to say, dude, I almost think I like the under two and a half more. Like, as I, like, mm. think about it with my lizard brain, like, under two and a half, you get the extra time you get an extra two and you get an extra half a round mm. and you no get both and you get both sides in case mm. like a Brian Ortega situation happens. Let's fight uh, not to start like to not start not round start four. round four. Oh, that's an interesting one. Oh, now now you're thinking with your noodle. Well, because if it's already if it's already plus money for two and a half minus like, one fifteen gonna... on DraftKings. Ah, I was so about to say, why the fuck doesn't FanDuel have their lineup yet? Yeah. By the way, really weird FanDuel 
has their over under two and a, uh, over under set at four and a half. Four over four and a half plus one forty yes. under four and a half minus one eighty. Very strange. Hmm. All right. So, I mean, uh, any final thoughts on this one before we get moving along? I think we beat a dead horse. With yeah. This one. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, take guys, take turn. I mean, maybe you want to get cute, maybe you don't, but that's the moral of the story. I just um, want to look at Mackenzie Dern. If you see Mackenzie Dern minus two thirty <laughs> on our bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to hit him with a sack of oranges. Shout yeah, please, out, Uncle Weezy. Uncle Weezy, please just show up to our house. You tried with Bellator with us this last week, and we just didn't listen. So just, just please keep on showing up with those oranges. We'll learn our lesson at some point. Um, uh, yeah. So here we go. Next fight, we got uh, Randy Brown versus Francisco Trinaldo. Uh, minus three fifteen for Brown, plus two sixty Trinaldo. The over two and a half at minus one fifty. Under two and a half at plus one twenty. Uh, Randy Brown is going to have a six-inch height advantage. And uh, as far as a reach advantage, I mean, Randy Brown, dude, he's going to have an eight-inch reach advantage, five inches in the leg reach. He's going to be 12 years younger. I mean, just on those numbers alone, you know, Guru is starting to, you know, get a little excited over there. (laughs) That's me licking my lips. He's Okay. Jeez, I wasn't sure what you were doing, but... Um, yeah, so listen, as we were breaking down this fight, I kind of expected like the Randy Brown inside the distance to be uh, like the favored line and to kind of go ahead and see, you know, as I'm looking through the methods, it's like over two and a half is minus 150 and the Randy Brown by decision is the most favored winning method. I'm like, oh, I start getting like an itch. I'm like, OK, well, Chernaldo's never been knocked out, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been hurt. Also, Muslim Salikov is able to take him down. Why couldn't Randy Brown? And Francisco Trinaldo, you've got how many submission losses? What is that, uh, three? Why can't Randy Brown make that four? I mean, Randy Brown's got five submission wins. He's got six knockouts, four decisions. So he's bound to make up either a submission or a decision wow. at this point to catch up there. And you get Randy Brown submission at plus 500 compared to plus 120 by decision wow. or plus 240 by knockout. Just as far as being a value boy, I love Randy Brown money line at minus three fifteen. I don't love it. So if you see that on my bed sheets, once again, smack me. But if you see a little quarter unit play on the submission, all right. And maybe you want to do a little Randy Brown and over one and a half, like the little chronic combat special. I'm going to go look into what that line is with guru. How about you go and uh, take us away here? Yeah, man, you make some really, really, really good points. I almost don't want to follow you up, man. That, that was some, that was some high level shit. You know how much I like to shit on your greasy sub props, but that one makes a little too much sense to me. Oh no! Oh my God! I have permission this time. I, I, dude, you got me. You've got me interested. The only thing, I mean, has Trinaldo like he does? He's never been knocked out, right? He's been hurt, and he's been hurt. He which, has. You know, you're in a fight that happens. Randy. It's, he gets submitted. His last submission loss is to Kevin Lee in 2017. That's just like a weird ass fight. <laughs> and um, I mean, a Kimura to Peter Hallman, UFC fight night 28. <laughs> Dude is old as dirt. Um, yeah, man. He's fuck. Yeah, I, I like it, man. I really do. Uh, Randy Brown is safe, I think, this week. Um, I really do. I think he's kind of one of the most safe plays. Like, I don't think. He's going to have like a like a Ode Osborne type situation where he just uh, whatever throws a spam knee out of nowhere and just gets fucking clipped. 
I guess that can always happen. It's MMA, right? Um, you know how I feel about this, guys. If you and gals, if you listen to the show, uh, age, reach, height, you got those things. You already win 60, 65% of the fights. And you know how I feel when the tape matches up with that. Tape matches up with that stat. You know I'm in. I feel like Randy Brown uh, should style on him here. Um, it's it should, it's a showcase fight for Randy Brown, and you see it by the fact that it's the co-main event. Why else would Trinaldo be in the co-main event? Well, he's the B-side. That's why. This is a good fight for Randy Brown. You should be able to get it done. Um, again, like you said, fading that narrative of maybe a knockout is super interesting um, because, you, as you see, Trinaldo has a decent chin, and uh, I, I, I certainly like that sub that sub shot. So, uh, Gordo, what do you got, buddy? I'm with you guys. I think this is Randy Brown season. Rude boy time is what it is. It, it's a it's a weird one because Francisco Trinaldo, although he is 42, he doesn't have that reach, the age, the height. He doesn't have the raw. Um, he Homie's 44. Has power. <laughs> 44, Jesus. Ah, it's almost as bad as Alexi Olenek, which we'll talk about later. But um, you know what? I'll say it right away. I am scarred from betting Jai Herbert back in 2020 and having him come back and haunt me. But I do think this is Randy Brown season all day. I think he's the better fighter. For me, I'm not getting as cute as you guys are. I think that despite a pretty volatile card, this may be a decent parlay piece. I don't necessarily like to dive them too often, but I think Randy Brown is a decent parlay piece here. I think he's the better fighter at range. I think he has more volume, more minute winning. Uh, He's younger, more athleticism, better grappling. Like the advantages for him just keep adding up i think randy brown's a better fighter um but i just did, i talked about it on um the pub sport radio show too is it's just it's harder for me to take him over other fighters because he doesn't have that same certain path to victory he can win this any way he wants really uh, i would not be surprised if he stayed at range and won a decision right so i think randy brown is a safe play uh however um i don't know if i'd be running to to hammer the minus 300 or hammer him on DraftKings kind of thing i just think he's more of a parlay piece help you make some value throughout the night, which I don't really say that often. So uh, I do like him to win this fight, though. All right, Guru. So I have a proposition. Oh, baby. Hit Gordo. Me. Okay, listen. Uh-oh. Maybe, maybe we are allowed like one unit a week for a really greasy parlay of all the guys that we would want to throw in. And then it's like, you know, then then at least, you know. I, we, would, we, so, like, I would sooner... Like, I would sooner be talking some sort of major nine unit play on Randy Brown straight up than whatever Jeez. you're saying to me. Wow. I know uh, we have mushroom watching mushroom. Just DM me saying he's watching. He's yes. Blocked somewhere. He wants Free those parlays. I know he does. Yes. He so he, he had a big one. He had, he had a week's worth of lunch money. Shout out mushroom. Yo. And his epic what, last lunches. night. No, I think it was last week or whatever it was. Oh, he, I know he hit one I, last night. Oh, man, no, no, it, was, yes. it was last night. No, it was last night. I, I Jesus. No, it was last night. There was a Dana White contender. So, I don't know. He he making a lot of money. That guy, he's yeah, eating good and guy, betting man. good. So shout out Mushroom. You're the best, man. Yo, so fucking, all right, we're going to move on to the next fight. But for the people that don't know why we keep shouting out Mushroom, fucking we had the fake Andrew Tate and fake whatever come in the chat. You had to block like, two people and you blocked three. It was very challenging for you. I know. So. As someone typed into the chat and it entered in the chat, I like clicked to hit block this person and it like moved on the screen. So I messed up, man. I clicked on Mushroom's name by accident. I don't think you feel bad enough. No, I'm the one that's been emailing StreamYard all week. So it's like the fuck, man. I'm working on it. But here we go. We got Howney Barcelos versus Trevin Jones. And guys, if you haven't by now, please 
throw a little comment in the chat, throw a like, little like on the video, video, subscribe to our channel. And once again, make sure you're subscribing. We got the plays and fade sports. Make sure you guys follow, get over to that channel. It's Gordo Gambles. Right. He's the dog. Okay. So now that you've done all that, you've hit subscribe everywhere. You've liked the show. All right. We're all caught up. Good. All right. So <laughs> how many Barcelos? Mine is 230. Trevin Jones plus 195. Uh, yeah. Over two and a half is minus 150. Under two and a half plus 125. Um, Barcelos and Jones, man, I, I think, you know, Barcelos is going to be three years older here. Uh, they're going to be the same height, but Jones does have a three-inch reach advantage. And I do think that Jones has a bit of an athleticism and cardio advantage at this point. Um, I think Barcelos could be explosive for moments in the fight. And I think technically he is very capable. And he's shown that he can fight at a very high level. I just don't trust him to do it for a full 15 minutes. And, I mean, you see Victor Henry come in and just put on a pace. And Barcelos, like, not that it was, like, even a super complicated pace. It was, like, the same type of combos over and over. And, you know, Barcelos just was overwhelmed. And Henry is a, is a dog. It was, even, a vet, it, was even, like, it was even more than the pace. It was – the Barcelos was too willing. He wasn't moving anymore. He was standing in front of Victor Henry, who was just the quicker – fighter at that moment you just kind exactly. of saw what i feel like what you saw from honey was a first step in decline like don't don't i don't want to take anything away from victor henry because that was a world-class performance but that's what i saw yeah and even you know guru does his best to discredit team or value of all the time but you know honey barcellos also loses a split decision or what was it a majority decision um things got a little sketchy it was almost a draw but you know barcellos comes out on the losing side even though he lands a couple knockdowns in round three um you know, he gets outpaced. That's the thing. And, and the one thing I will say is, as we go and look at the stats of Trevor Jones. They both have fought Team of Valley, as I'm sure you remember. Oh, yes. don't MMA math me here. No, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. But what I will say is that. Because remember, Jones beats, literally TKOs Valiev badly, sleeps him bad, but the fight gets overturned for a little marriage wanna. The the the, right, the most but, illicit of all performance enhancing drugs. Right, I, mean, I think he probably yeah. should be in jail. Like what? It probably. Like, <laughs> put that I don't guy's see life how you could ever in, let him he back. He put that guy's life at, at risk for using such a strong performance enhancing drug. Uh, before the vat. <laughs> my, my word. Uh, well, okay. So at the end of the day, though, I mean, Trevor Jones, he's faced like the well, highest that, of yeah, level I'm not of competition. To MMA Matthew, too much, but like that's kind of like that's some pretty heavy MMA math. What do you have to say about that? There's two halves to that story, though. Valia was beating the brakes off of Jones early on. Yes. All right. There we go. So get right, and then uh, I think that's more of a cardio dump on the Valia side than Jones point. being superior. That's good. That's what I want to hear. Right. That's so, exactly what I want to hear. Well, I will say, I mean, Trevin Jones has faced the highest of levels of competition so far in the UFC. And you don't even say that as like, oh, back in the day. It's like, no, I mean, he steps in. The first guy he faces is Timur Valiev on like, what, two days notice or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, then he gets Mario Bautista. And He's once again, I mean, he comes out yeah, a little. Yeah, guru, dog, chill. Uh, and then Mario Bautista, he comes out and, and he goes and knocks him out in the second round after losing the first and being low volume. So then he comes out and it's Javid Basharat in his last fight. And before that it was Isad Yukov Kakramanov. 
where is there an easy fight mixed in there? And he comes out and now he's got Barcelos. But I think compared to all those other guys, if we're going to do any sort of MMA math, this is the lower end of the competition here for Trevin Jones, at least from a cardio standpoint and from, you know, being in his, in his prime. So Trevin Jones here, I think you're getting him at a plus 195. Why not? Why not? Um, go ahead. Tell me why not now. I'm done. No, I won't tell you why not. I, I, I agree completely. I, I think you're right in terms of, uh, what do they say? Schedule, uh, what do they call that? Uh, 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 I'm, I'm blanking. Level of competition? Thank you, God. Jeez Louise. Level of competition. You you have the, the clear edge and level of competition to, to Mr. Jones. And uh, I also think that this line makes no sense. Re like, kind of regardless. You, you see on the stats, I mean, yeah, they're, they're kind of heavily in favor of Barcelos, but I think in terms of the way they actually fight, and then you also kind of have to think that Trevin Jones' stats are absolutely skewed by the, like specifically probably the Kakramanov fight, but even the Basharat fight, that neither of which went his way very well. Um, so, you know, those, those, those stats start to, to look kind of bad after those two fights. I think these guys are, are way, way, way more even than the line indicates, which means you have to play the dog. So dog, uh, dog or pass. So, yeah, 100%. What would you line the fight at then? Um, Let me see here. If I pull out my handy-dandy odds calculator, I'm thinking more like mm, minus, one, minus 180. Okay. Minus 170. I don't I like would... I don't think I don't think it's too far off. Like Barcelos is pro, you know, has shown to be I mean, you, it's all over the tape. I mean, it's all over our page right in front of us. Like his stats are overwhelmingly in his favor. You know, he's he's been a, a top level fighter for a while. But uh Yeah, I, I don't think that he actually holds an advantage in the grappling department though. And that might be kind of crazy to say, but I think Trevin Jones is gonna be stronger. I think Trevin Jones has better cardio. And I think Trevin Jones at this stage of his career is going to be able to stuff like the easy, like level changes that Barcelos uses to kind of change pace. But Barcelos, because of his cardio, can't really sell out in those exchanges anymore. I mean, even against a guy like Kali Taha, I mean, he should have had him finished or whatever. But I mean, round three, you see Taha start to like come back and you can't put him away where you're supposed to be this elite high level grappler or striker like that stands out to me. So you're not finishing Trevin Jones. I don't think he's finishing Trevin Jones. We've seen Trevin Jones go the distance with everybody here now. I mean, right. he'll get hurt. Well, not Saeed. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're very, right. very, very end okay. round three. You're right, you're right. Dude, he was getting brutalized, though. You're right, you're right. So My um, bad, my bad. No, uh, no. I, I, but for I, sure. It's, when it was, a, you know, if you're betting the over, the over cashes. So yeah. to, to that's, that point, I think that's my thing. So if you don't ultimately jump on the dog side with us take the over two and a half at minus 150 or the fight goes the distances like minus 135 minus 130 so that that's where i end up but i'll have a little dog play on jones because i do I, I do like him i do maybe i have a little bias but you're giving me a plus 195 i'll play a biased one at that rather than like oh this is my favorite guy minus 400 so let me throw him in a five unit parlay but uh gordo what, what uh what are you feeling man yeah i jumped on ryoni early I only have three bets locked in. Ryoni is one of them. Um, minus 188. That's what I grabbed on him. I got him a, a bit earlier. I got him last week, actually. I think this is just a, a level spot. And whereas Jones is a very good, well-rounded fighter who uses his cardio very well, I think that he is a 
good fighter. And I think there's steps and improvements for him to make that I haven't necessarily seen from him in the past. And he relies largely on durability and power. And I, and whereas I do think he is, I'm going to change your wording a bit there, TB. I think he's a better wrestler and not a better grappler. If we put it that way, because he is very powerful. Yes. Um, I think that a lot of these, like a lot of these aspects of the mixed martial artists that, um, you're going to give the advantage to Ryonian. I think that he is the, has more output. I think he's going to be winning the minutes on the feet. I think he's going to have better in and out movements, better technicality. I also think he has the better jujitsu on the ground. I think he could definitely be stuffed or um, reversed with the strength of Jones. I think the really only advantage you're going to give Jones in this spot is power and durability. Sorry, power and cardio, because I do think that Ryoni is decently durable. And for that, that's really not going to really get me there, even though the line is getting really nice now i could probably hedge out for some decent cash but what i will say instead is i think that you're relying again more on not the better fighter but for a downfall of the favorite here which i don't mind especially this big plus money number mm. and I, I would love to see jones succeed i really like jones but i just think this is this fight where you're, you're giving me the better fighter and at minus 188 i capped it where the line is now so uh, i i did throw some money on that i do like rowney barcelos this week mm. okay so wait Maybe I would think about joining your side here because not not like as a big player, whatever, but if you combine our idea of over two and a half and Howney Barcelos is plus 100. So it's not the classic chronic combat play and it's not Howney by decision. Like if you want to play the Howney side and get some value, like my my little play is still going to be Trevin Jones, whatever. But like I, I can get behind what you're saying and like the fact that you got the line where Guru would have put it. Right in that minus one eighty range. That is right. That, that is that is pretty yeah, nice. That you were that I love how you asked that question and then brought it up later. That was that was nice foreshadowing. Um so that was cool. Yeah. So uh but hey, that's where I think you guys might be able to squeeze out some value if you end up on the Barcelo side. Yeah, right, at this noted. at this at this line personally, it's not a fight I'm super interested in taking. And and I and what Gordo says uh is is a good point. Like you you know, I was we were on Trevin Jones for whatever dumb reason against Saeed Kakramanov. Like that's a that was a bad bet, like a really bad one. And he didn't look very good at all. And then he comes out in the next fight against Javi Basharat and doesn't look better. Like that's a like you like what I said, like you're not seeing the improvements that you want to. That being said, it's kind of tough to display those improvements against that level of competition, but you also wonder if. Hani Barcelos is kind of he we we were raving ranting and raving about him before he lost to you know Victor Henry, so could be That's a very true. nice bounce. It could be a very nice bounce back spot for Hani, but certainly not one that I'm looking to wage, lay chalk on. I really do. I think the I think the fight goes the distance. I don't think either of them finish each other. Here we go. Right. The fight everyone's been waiting for. Sudi <laughs> Kusa um, versus Don Shanes. Um yeah, super short notice. Um, Don in his interview. I mean, right now it's minus nine hundred Yusuf plus six twenty five Shanus. Over one and a half is minus one fifty. Under one and a half plus one twenty. Um, watching Shanus's last bunch of fights, the dude comes out front foot going crazy. Yusuf, he's got like a six six and a half inch reach advantage. Going to be three inches taller. Shanus legitimately said, "I've been ready for four months prior to this, and I just went on vacation to my family for the past few weeks, and like." I couldn't say no to the opportunity, but I wish it would have come at another time. And you know he's going to come out hell on wheels and look for a finish. Uh, he said the weight cut is probably going to be the most difficult I've had, but I'm not too far off where I would normally be 
you know, James Lynch, man, shout out. He always gets these guys on great interviews after they get like their debut announcement. You, you always get great info about kind of where they're at going into it. So all it tells me is that if you want to be on the Yusuf side, you got to take them inside the distance. So I'll do the reverse chronic special for Yusuf in under one and a half plus 130. Or you just take this fight instead at under one and a half at plus 120. Only 10 points difference just in case Shane has pulls off the unthinkable. And you're still getting plus money. I, I don't think it even makes it to round two. But even so, you got a little coverage if it does. And what if fight not to start round three? What if you could even get plus money on that? We're going to have to look into it. But um, those are that's the TB angle. So how about you, Guru? What you got cooking here? Minus 125 for fight to not start ah, round Beat me three. to it. Yes, let's go. Got to beat you at something here. Well, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, not really too much for me to say. Uh, Don Shania's very, I'm not even, I mean, he's might be U level UFC level competition. You know, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but you know, not going to hate the guy. Certainly happy for him that he gets the shot, but like TB said, and I that I guess he's quoting the guy himself. If he didn't take this spot, he probably wasn't getting a contract. Like, uh, maybe he gets a Dana White contender series shot type thing next year. Like I, I you know, they, they, he's 31. So it was kind of now or never um, cage Titans. Uh, what's that other one? This one called it's uh FAC. I forget the, it's mm. it, it's, it's James Krause's promotion. Uh, uh, gotcha. Fight, the, final, Nebraska. Line, final yeah. answer. No, it's not Nebraska. Or, so what Kansas? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Where? Kansas. Okay. No, Missouri. Why'd you say they are in Missouri? Can, they're in Kansas City, Missouri. We're not in, oh, we're not Jesus in Kansas Christ. anymore. Too. I would have oh, expected fuck. this from Gordo because he's Canadian, not from you that know your states. You got me all confused. I'm sorry. I'm pulling I've been I... through the podcast here. Anyway, Fight Alliance Championship. He's he's been a winner in. Uh he's fought in Cage Titans, which is another very good Northeast promotion here. Uh wrestling heavy, you know, explosive. Wants to come out and come get you. Decent cardio, good co top control. Uh, poor striking defense gets rocked bad by in his last fight to start the fight and comes back. And the dude is, I don't know, maybe he was just sad that he had gotten hurt in the first place. I, I don't know. He just, he, dude was done, completely cooked. Um, and Don gets it done. So, so good for him. He's, he's tough. But, uh, uh, Sadiq is a whole other animal. This is this is literally they just picked whatever guy they they could fucking get him here. So I, I like TB's thought here. I, I think Don does come out like a hell on wheels, and uh, I think this fight does end quickly. At least it's a good shot to take on a minus nine hundred. Otherwise, don't fucking play it. I am on the like this fight is baffling. Okay, let me just put some things out there. I think or not. Uh, sorry, I think. Sadiq Yusuf wins this fight. And there's like, that's not a hot take. I, I'm going to put that out there. I do think that it's not going to be as much of a killing as people expect it to be. How's that? I think this fight reminds me perfectly of Onama versus Armfields. You guys remember that fight? That was a fight where you had this hyped up prospect in Onama, a guy who knows the killer, who they know is going to win, who is big favored for a reason. But the guy on short notice isn't as bad as you would expect him to be. And you know what I was on in that fight? I was on the over. And I'm kind of leaning towards the over here as well. I know Sadiq Yusuf has fought mm -hmm. some much better competition recently, but he has been a decision machine. He knows he's able to pick his shots. And 
Dawn has shown some decent durability, right? So I'm not going to be betting this fight. I'm not going to be going against Sadiq Yusuf. I think this is a fight set up for him to win. However, if this line gets anywhere near this minus 120 mark of over one and a half, I might have to play it just because based off of principle, really, I think Dawn's tough and it's going to be an absolute dog fight, but I do think Sadiq wins this. That's interesting. Um, I guess, you know, I, at one point, like you said, like he is a tough SOB, like he keeps battling back through shit, but him getting like literally staggered so bad. I think it was by Bryce, by Bryce Picard and on YouTube on his last fight, like literally like bro fall nearly falls on his face in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> right. What about like, that, that's him going out guns a blaze. And you think there's going to be some UFC octagon jitters, right? He's going to be a bit slower. I don't, I don't even necessarily think that. I just think that mm. if against Sadiq Yusuf, like you're not going to come, like you don't come out tentative. Oh, especially you don't. like you... it. So you're going to come yeah. at him crazy. And what's Sadiq? He's going to, he's a like three. He's not just one level above him. He might be like three levels above him. This might be like a squash match. And you're seeing that in the line. The problem is, and that's the tough part. And I understand it. We haven't seen Sadiq squash people it's you know mm. it's not really his way you know he's he's just not that kind of fighter he takes his time you know we've seen him kind of uh uh even what was that the andre feely fight right where he's winning the first two rounds and just is out of gas after grappling and loses the third yeah. round uh loses to arnold allen but like jesus christ man how good is fucking arnold allen gonna fight calvin cater i'm so excited for that fight and he whoops alex caceres who you know the, the ufc was you know he's been the ufc's uh, uh bounce back guy he's kind of like a jeremy stevens guy just kind of always floating around in the division so yeah i don't know i i yeah that that's probably why I like think, you, just uh, haven't, you haven't seen him dominate he he, he beat gabriel <laughs> benitez in round one and suman monkatarian yeah, he, might be I mean, this, he might be this level kind of guy. He might be, but I think we've spent enough time on a fight where it's minus 900 versus uh, plus 625. So I'm going to take the steering wheel here and bring us right along to our next fight. We got John Castaneda, the sexy Mexi, versus uh, what is it, Daniel Willie Cat Santos. Is it Willie Cat or Wiley Cat? What, I think it's Willie Cat. Willy Cat, okay. So uh, we got Willie Cat, man, uh, plus 160, Sexy Mexi, minus 190. And then uh, looking at the breakdown as far as, like, the height and reach and everything, we got um, Cassinade is going to be three years older. And then uh, Santos is going to have the one-inch height advantage, but Cassinade is going to have a four-inch reach advantage. So I'm curious to see how they match up at the face-offs, just in general. Um Santos, I think he's shown to have, you know, a good striking ability and like a willingness to definitely like wrestle, you know, like get into grappling exchanges when the fight gets there. But Castaneda seems a little bit more boxing heavy, as Guru was pointing out to me on the tape. His he's more like calf kicking and boxing than like a pure kickboxing approach. So I expect, um, you know, Santos to have the more pure kickboxing style in that regard, but he's throwing like spinning shit or like doing crazy stuff. And it's like, you know, pure chaos. But at the end of the day, I think Castaneda has got a solid ability to, to survive out there. I mean, he's got the one knockout loss on his record. 
a while back, but all those other losses have come by decision. So the question here is like over two and a half minus 155, under two and a half plus 125. I think there could be some value on the fight going the distance here. Yeah, 100 percent. This is uh this is a really, really interesting fight. Um, in terms of like John Castaneda is not like he's not fighting for a title anytime soon. Uh, like with all due respect, like, he's a really interesting prospect. Um, but he's somebody that like what am I looking to even say here? He <laughs> right? I mean, he's got He's just too – he's got this wide stance. He's a little too hittable. He's heavy on the lead leg, man. He just doesn't always work. He's just not the most effective at times, right? Um, versus Miles Johns, he probably had his career best performance, right, other than the Eddie Wineland knockout. But, you know, not Eddie Wineland knockout is, isn't saying too much anymore, unfortunately. Um, you know, his loss to – Nathaniel Wood, we know how good Nathaniel Wood is. That's really not much to, too much to say. And beating Marcelo Rojo is a good win. So, you know, backing on Combate anyway. So that's that's super interesting because that guy ends up making it to the UFC, as we know. I, I'm I'm expecting John Castaneda to get his third win in the UFC, a third win in a row here in the UFC. Um, however, I'm not playing him at minus 190 because I just don't necessarily I don't know. Wiley Cat is exactly that. He's just fucking nuts. And he's going to come crazy. And you could get hit with something. I don't think he even will because John Castaneda has shown a, a good way to maintain distance. And you also saw in Daniel Santos's last fight that uh, with Julio Arce that, I mean, he literally landed like, I don't know, like 17% of his strike. It was horrible. Look, it's right there. 21, he landed 20, 21% of his fucking strikes. That's horrible. Horrible. You know how tiring it is to strike, let alone strike and miss shit? He's just throwing shit and missing. It's really, really bad. And John Castaneda is patient and decently smart. And I think he's going to do a decent enough job to maintain that distance and not get clipped. I still don't trust it, though. I do like the fight to go the distance because, as you've seen, he wasn't able to put Julio Arce in the fight goes the fucking distance because he's tough. So I don't think John Castaneda puts him out. So that was a lot. What do you think, Gordo? Yeah, this is actually a really fun fight, though. I do think it's going to be an absolute war. I I, I know that Castaneda has been good at keeping distance, keeping range, but I think I think he throws down. I think he has some fun with it. Um, I think from an overall skill set point of view, give me Castaneda. I think he's the better fighter, better more more well-rounded mixed martial artist, more tools. Um, I think that at striking range, you know, Daniel Santos is dangerous. He's got those crazy unorthodox strikes, and you like to see them. But I think that John Castaneda is tough enough to withstand them. Been knocked out once. That was back in 2014. Uh, I think he's a better all-around mixed martial artist here. I think as the fight goes on, he's going to be able to put more and more pressure on. I think he wins this fight at a pretty high clip. At a minus 190 price tag, though, I don't necessarily know. Opener was minus 150. I would have hit that. if it, There's money coming in on the Castaneda side, so... Um, I may be able to get it if it gets any lower, but this is a pass fight for me, really. I think it's when you sit back and enjoy hope for fireworks. Um, but I, I'm not, I don't mind the over either. Uh, but I do think John Castaneda wins this fight at a pretty high clip. Should he be? He shouldn't be in our little sketchy, he shouldn't be part of a sketchy parlay, right? With uh, probably not, yeah, I didn't think, yeah, so. not quite. No, probably not quite. Not. good, 
good. See, that's why we want. That's why we want to ask these questions to like, make sure nobody else makes those mistakes. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't have the finishing equity that you would look for from a greasy parlay piece. Like Brown, I think could finish it, whereas like Cassinita, I more expect him to like outpace to a decision where like there could be slight finishing value. Like that's where I was leaning. And Mushroom DM me made sure to let me know that he's got Cassinita by decision himself. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't mind that. Uh, I, was spot. I was worried about that. I needed to know. Shout out, Mushroom. <laughs> yeah, we need to. Yeah, here we go. Like Santos at plus one. So shout out Daz in the chat. Seems like a pick em to me. I can't argue with, you know, anyone taking a dog shot. Uh, and make sure you guys let us know who you like most in the chat here. We got, you know, plenty of people watching live. Appreciate all of you. Make sure you throw a little like on the video, it goes a long way. If you want to retweet, share to your friends, that's also cool. We would appreciate that. While you're doing that, subscribe to our channel. And, you know, while you're running around subscribing to places, once again, we got plays and fade sports. So, yeah, Ooh. make sure you're throwing, you know, but we're doing a little marathon here. I'm making you work, you know. Uh, burn those calories, you know, click those buttons and make sure you're following all the right people. But we'll make sure we get you right along to our next fight here and Ooh, man, this one's going to be a fucking workout just watching it, huh? I mean, I, I figure uh, you got any bet on this fight? Mike Davis versus uh, Vyacheslav Slava Claus Barshev? Ooh, man, I mean, you're you're going to be bumping a little bit, I think, because shit, man. I mean, these guys know how to put on a pace. And if this thing goes to wrestling, it's going to be Scramble City. And, um, man, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. Davis minus 180. Uh, Slava Claus plus 155 over two and a half is minus 110 under two and a half. Oddly enough, while that was minus 110, it's minus 120 for the under two and a half. Normally it would be like minus 110 both sides. Um, and then Mike Davis is going to have a one inch height advantage, three inch reach advantage. Slava is going to be one year older. Um, that's all like advantages in the Davis direction, but nothing like severely overwhelming besides maybe the reach. Um, but even so, not so much. I'd like to see them face off, see what see what Mike Davis looks like coming off an extended layoff. Uh, he's been injured, COVID, refused to like fight with big traveling because he wasn't 100%, been focusing on his streaming, um, had a lot of stuff going on and hasn't really been in the octagon so much ever since that big Mason Jones war where breaks his hand, required eight-month layoff, supposed to come back, immediately gets COVID. Make sure you check out the interviews with James Lynch because – you get so many nuggets of information of why these guys haven't been out there, or what's been going on behind the scenes. So seeing him as a minus 180 against a guy where, yeah, I don't expect Mike Davis to really go out there and, yeah, he's got the two takedowns for 15 at 45%, but he's also only got a control rate of 16%. If you're that high level of a wrestler, you'd be expecting much more control overall. Um, no, I'm sorry, his control rate is only 7%. It's a pony control that's at 16%. Mike Davis doesn't get control. He uses it to change the tempo, as Guru was pointing out to me on the tape. Got to keep yeah. shouting him out. Um, and it's not ever for, like, extended periods. So, overall, what I expect is if he ever does go to those types of things, Slava does have a really good sprawl game. Oh, yeah. He has really good takedown, initial takedown defense. And he has a really good get-up game. It's just if you're really good at takedowns, you're going to keep on getting them over and over and over. Because Slava will let you get inside. He's like, um, let me think of the comparison here. It was like Jan Blahovich against Glover. I was like, well, Jan kept on letting Jacare get inside on his hips. It's like a really good wrestler is going to be able to take advantage of that. And like maybe Mike Davis can get in on the hips at some point. It's just 
Okay, so anyways, moral of the story. This fight's going to take place at distance. Distance. At distance. <laughs> the distance. The distance. Listen, uh, um, Mike Davis, like you said, we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, that's kind of a red flag. Um, the, you, the fight's going to take place on the feet majority of the time. You've already stated that as well. Um, Borshov has shown incredible takedown. Uh, not incredible takedown defense, but incredible takedown defense. Like when he gets back up, when he gets back up, when he gets back <laughs> up, his get up game is very, very good. But no, his takedown defense is pretty porous, and that is a problem. Um, Mike Davis is a very, very good fighter, but there is a problem, right? And it's mm-hmm. not even just the layoff. And the problem is, is that we don't like we weren't exactly sure like how good Mason Jones is, right? We put that war up on a pedestal because it was a great fight. And we, wow, look at this kid, Mason Jones. He's a good prospect. Mason Jones is out of the UFC, guys. Before Mike Davis could return from the fight, Mason Jones has fought out his contract and they didn't, they're, they're good. They've seen enough. Okay. Spicy nugget. Yeah. I think that's interesting. And then the only other person he beat was what? Thomas Gifford. He, that, we know that guy from around the block. Like he ain't, he ain't the sauce. So, Slava Claus is a, you know, good competition here, actually. So I actually think this line is way closer. So I like the fight Ooh. to go the distance because I think that they're tough. I think both of these guys are tough. And what you see from Mike Davis, which is kind of troubling at times, is like he like he punches he it's like punches in bunches, like bam, 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 explosive, and and then he'll take a lot of he'll take some time off. Maybe he'll go for a takedown, but then he's still gonna take some time off, like. I don't know. It might be cardio issues. It might be pacing. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I just think if Slava comes out and again, this guy hasn't fought in a little while, he might catch him. So how does that cardio get affected by COVID too? There you go. I'm not a doctor, but I can't say I would assume it doesn't make it better. No, it does not. So you got it. Yeah, you Gordo. Yeah, keep keep going, Gordo. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not as you know interested or invested in this fight. I think it's interesting. I think that this fight is lined, predicated on the fact that people expect Mike Davis to get takedowns. I think that if this is a striking affair, there's no way that Mike Davis is minus 180. And although that Mike Davis, we've seen on the regional scene, has takedowns, we haven't seen it recently. The guy has not shot takedowns. We even know what this guy looks like off this layoff either. There's so many unknowns that make it almost impossible for you to back Mike Davis here in this spot. Um, I, I think it's a much closer fight than the line entails. However, no bet for me because if Mike Davis wrestle, he has the tools to look minus 200, minus 300, no problem. So uh, um, I think Mike Davis wins this fight. However, value on the Slava Claw side, DraftKings wise, give me Slava. Um, either way though, I think it'd be a fun fight. I think that you can't go wrong enjoying this fight. I think that from a betting perspective though, if you're holding a Mike Davis ticket at minus 180, you're going to be screaming at your TV for him to shoot takedowns. Like Slava Claus is the coach of striking. Uh, which is, which, to your point, that's kind of what Mike Dave, not only will he use it to change pace in a fight if he feels if he feels there's an opening, but he'll use it if he gets hurt. So I do think that it will uh, prove just effective enough. But like you're saying, like who wants to hold a chalky ticket when it's gonna be way close, twenty nine, twenty eight type decision, like close fight. I, I'm, this is my kind of, this might be my pick for like fight of the night type bonus situation. Like this is some yes. good shit. Papa Chuck, thanks for popping in, buddy. 
Yo, what's going on, Papa Chuck? Yeah, hell yeah. Daz in the chat as always. Mushroom here too, of course. Um, so yeah, I think ultimately here comes Slava Claus. Here comes Slava Claus. Oh, oh I'm uh, wearing my Slava Claus shirt. He sees oh, you no way. when you're drinking. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, we're almost at that season. Holy shit. Wow, we're really... Flying along in the year, and uh, I think at plus 155, it's worth a responsible sprinkle. Uh, I wouldn't say go crazy here. Um, you know, but, this whole uh, card screams don't go crazy as much as we all miss UFC and gambling on the UFC. Like, this fight is like uh, it has. I saw a tweet, it has some of the oldest fighters in the UFC. Oh, like what's crazy? What, yeah, like everybody's. Oh, and as we, I guess, like that's a perfect segue to this fight, but. Um, we we've had some of the oldest fighters on this card, so it's just like you don't really know where these where these people are in in their mentality coming into these fights. Like somebody like Alexi Olenek, we know is a warrior. He's like, I see challenges at the heavyweight division. Still, I'm like, okay, guy, you're 45. Like I, but I love that he wants to keep fighting. Like we love, you know, I guess watching you fight. So Boa Constrictor, Leo Latifi, the Sledgehammer, right? Uh, Lear, we haven't seen in a while. They, they, I believe they had booked this fight before they did. It got canceled earlier this year because Latifi withdrew, right? I think it, Latifi's got always twice. got like some sort of neck injury or some bullshit going on, but they literally <laughs> waited six months to do that, which I would imagine that <laughs> Olenek is generally not a fan of because he's somebody that like likes to stay active. Jew, what's going on? Stop pumping Slava. I bet three units on Mike on ground. Slava seems not as good as we thought. I get it. Yeah, I get his, it. his takedown defense is trash, but we've seen him just get up, get up, get up, and we know that Mark DeCasey's wrestling is yeah. fairly elite level. But uh, Back to this fight, which is so probably the opposite of elite it's the, uh So Elite Latifi, his nickname is the Sledgehammer. However, I have given him my own nickname. And I think it's very relevant for this fight. The Toad. The toad. He, has, he has no discernible neck. <laughs> so how do you go about choking him if there's how nothing... really wish that has nothing to choke? Exactly. Uh, but on a non-facetious level, uh, in all seriousness, Latifi has never been submitted in his career. Um, he has submitted to strikes before, essentially. Um, but those were body shots when he was cutting down to light heavyweight. Um, uh, Slava from Russia? Question mark. Um, I forget where exactly. I don't. I don't, I don't know. But he's a team alpha male now. He's from um, the North Pole, you uncultured swine. Slava Claus, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, so yeah, but I think Latifi at minus one seventy five. You would have to literally be zonked out to be having me place that bet. Yes, he's like, from Russia. Okay, cool. Um, there's no way you could place money on Latifi at minus 175. Um, Alexio Linick at plus 150, you would also have to be extremely drunk to be playing Alexio <laughs> Linick money line. Um, the, the thing is, though, like, okay, so if we're, like, joking around that Olenek can't choke out Latifi, so what, he's going to win a decision? So it's like you're almost talking yourself into the TV side. I just, it's just, just please don't actually bet a side on this fight. What I really think happens is we're seeing that over one and a half and minus 130. Fight starts round three is plus 110. 
This is just going to be greasy, sloppy, ugly heavyweight. This is not going to be explosive finishing potential heavyweight. This is Latifi sitting in like half guard or side control while Olenek tries to pull a reverse scarf hold from the bottom and pull half guard and try to get reversals and slide out the back door while Latifi just tries to sit on him like a toad. And I mean, Guru, do you have anything else better besides fight starts round three? A plus one ten because that's I can't uh, even believe that that's plus money. Like that's literally crazy. It doesn't even make sense. Alirla TV's <laughs> last two fights have gone the distance. Three of his last four have gone the distance. Uh, six, five of his last seven have gone the distance. Right? One, two. I don't know how to count. Three, four. Four of his last six. I'm sorry, math is not my thing. Four of his last six have gone the distance. Right? <laughs> yeah. And even and even Alexi Olinick has two in his last five. Yeah. So what the fuck, man? Like. Why not? This is going to be a sloppy, bum-ass fight. So why, why not bet it to be a sloppy, bum-ass fight? It's going to – round three, is that actually plus money? Yes. Wait, how is it – How is, <laughs> is it really plus 110? That's, That's what I saw. So Dirty Ridge, my dumbass thinks uh, Ilir yeah, is like a liar. Card. So let's see. I'm going to check. Uh, go ahead. Uh, hell yeah, Dirty. Uh, addicted to the common room. <laughs> and Lennox tried to scarf all Lewis for two minutes. He just had to give up. Yeah, he was Mike, like – he doesn't have a neck either. Exactly. Because exactly. Olenek doesn't go for traditional, normal chokes. He tries to do dumb shit to show off. It's like, yeah, that works against Jared Vandera. But, like, Latifi, I think, you know, uh, I just pray Latifi Jared Vandera gave, gave it to him. Do you remember that fight? Yes. Like, we're like, we clearly, like, I don't even, like, I'm like, he doesn't know what he'm doing. I'm turning to TV. Why does he know what he's doing? And TV's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we, he had no clue what he was doing down there. It was wild. Dude, that actually is plus Black 110, belt. guys. That's plus 110. Wow. That is not a lie. Yeah, I no, am a genius. So. That's unbelievable. I think you're getting 10 minutes of this bullshit. What do you think, Gordo? I'm an optimist, but, but you guys are right. <laughs> I don't know. I think that if you're not cheering for Alexi Olenek, like, what, where did you go wrong, man? Like, he's, <laughs> you got to cheer for a 45-year-old man. They'll pull off the impossible, choke the man with no neck. Uh, no, I, I have broken down this fight three times. I actually uh, was at UFC Columbus, and I was so ready to see Alexi Olenek. And then he just got the fight canceled, and I was forced to change like 100 DraftKings lineups sitting in my seat <laughs> waiting for the fights to start. Like, um, I, I just hope this fight happens. I am going to be using like bet credits, not something any – I'm not telling anybody to bet this, but I'll be betting uh, Olenek round one sub <laughs> for fun. Yes. Not not financial advice, but just to cheer for him. In all seriousness, <laughs> I think that you could take um on DraftKings fight parlays. Latifi to win in over one and a half is plus one fifty. That's what I'd look at. I think that he the fight goes over. The only way he wins, the only reason I'm not saying like Latifi by decision is just because like Linux is 45. You could easily walk on one of those bombs. So um give me gun to my head and I had to pick a winner. Latifi should win this fight. However, yes. I would be cheering my heart out for <laughs> Alexi Olenek. Love it. The spirit of mushroom calling out for the Olenek scarf hold in the DMs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, Hey, listen, we'll be rooting for that. I would root for that. I would definitely root for that. That's why I can't bet Latifi. Um, or I, and realistically, this is where you go to grandma's house, dig around the couch cushions, you know, grandma, <laughs> I'm not even like that's like your degeneracy, bro. I actually I think we have a legitimate handicapping in this fight to start round three. Like, all right. Other other than sure, like unless 
Olenek really does oh. pull off the impossible with the sub. Like, bro, we got wait what? the Latifi special, Which Jew. The, oh my god, Latifi and over one and a half is plus one fifty. What do you mean? The Iller Latifi special is uh, <laughs> Latifi and over one and a half is plus one fifty. That was Gordo's play. Am I missing something? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, my what the? F- I'm sorry. I saw Jew in the chat. So Why don't you smoke I'm some sorry. more? Jesus I, I, Christ! I got... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a yeah. jackass because I ended up getting latched onto his round one sub idea, and then I saw mushroom in the DMs. That's my bad. God, damn I apologize, it. Gordo. I got to show better respect to the friends that are actually in our house right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, well, okay, so anyways, I'm, I'm sorry about that, guys. I think we'll slide right along. Uh, <laughs> um, our next fight here, we got uh, Jessica Penne versus uh, Tabitha Ricci. Um, plus 180 for Penne, minus 210 for Ricci. Over 2.5 is juiced, minus 285. Under 2.5 at plus 225. Uh, Penne, 4-inch uh, height advantage, 6-inch reach advantage. Two-inch leg reach advantage. She's also twelve years older. Um, Hang on one second. I just got I just got really thirsty all of a sudden. I don't know what I don't know what happened. <laughs> do you want to be that watermelon? Sure. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, oh my goodness! Who doesn't? Guru want just wants a little hug. Just a little hug. Just 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 a hug. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> um. Yeah, break it. <laughs> so, <laughs> is, anyways, whew, yeah, got a little sweaty in here. I'm glad uh, Guru got a little drink. Uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as this fight goes, um, Richie, um, <laughs> can Richie rely on the top control here like she has in the past? I mean, the striking. Let's be real here. I mean, Jessica Penne, as far as the numbers go, is that like abysmal as almost as bad as it could be type of efficiency type of stuff. But at the same time, it's like Richie is also losing some of those numbers by the statistics. So, um, yeah, I, I, I end up leaning towards the dog here um, with the size and experience. And I don't think uh, Richie is going to be safe in top control as much as she would want to be. So I'd lean towards the plus 180, but at the same time, like how could Jessica Penne's calves Are you ready? actually – healed from that fight against Dakota. So, Guru, go ahead. I think it's time. Are you ready to pull it up? Uh-uh. The hater alarm. You're oh, sipping on no! You're oh, sipping no! on a What are you doing, man? Jesus the hater man. alert, bro. I get it. It's a little chalky. I understand. Bro, the efficiency numbers on Jessica Penne are not just bad. They're Hall of Fame bad. They're uh, all, they I it's abysmal bad. 45% striking defense. Not very good. That's not what you want to see. A 58% takedown defense. Not good. She's been taken down five times, faced 12 of them. She's getting the one thing where she does. TB, to your point, where she does well is the <laughs> opponent control percentage is only at 10%. But that's why they're making this fight, bud. Tabitha Ricci is a spam wrestler. She's not going to stop. Tell me how she keeps her off of her. 
I don't care that it gets to the ground. I don't even care what happens. Tell like you you're trying to hug me and I want you to stop. How are you going to stop me from hugging you? You Guys. you have to you have to really uh, hurt her, and I don't know that Penny's able to uh, do that, is my point. What what happened? The, oh, thirsty boy. No, do you guys like baseball? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I this is an ESPN announcement for Aaron Judge's 61st home run. <gasps> he just wow. hit it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. oh dude. Man, fucking that was free money. DraftKings boosted them <laughs> him plus hundred again. Fuck. Damn yeah. it. All right, good for him. But good I don't know why him. anybody really cares. They're like they're putting I feel like they're giving us too much coverage. No, well, because nobody likes they are. That's why I was making the joke of it. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right, I appreciate so it. Good for him. Yeah. Great season. Probably the MVP. I still I don't know. I still kind of like the argument for Otani, but that's just me. All right. I like your yeah. points though, man. I, I I'm with I'm more of a thirsty boy than a hater on this fight, I'll be honest. Fair um, enough. I, I think this is a spot where I told you guys I had what I have three bets locked in. This is number two. I got uh, Ricci at minus mm-hmm. one seventy. I got a few units on her there. Um, I like it a lot better. We are paying <laughs> the hype train tax. Really, uh, I, I think that this fight should be around that range. I think that it, it is a spot where she does win this fight more times than not. But man, it should be close. If I'm being honest, let's look at it. Let's look at it realistically. Ricci's younger. I think she's more athletic. More dynamic i know people are talking about her putting her head in bad places i don't think penny's the one to really take advantage of it instead this is about where to see rinse and repeat take down top control um better striker if she needs to as well um i don't like what i'm seeing from penny recently and i know that everyone's comparing her to what she used to be she's not that fighter anymore she's really slowing down and i think that i did think that loopy beat her there so i don't know if how many people are taking that into a, an account when they're talking about jessica penny but um I think Tabitha Ricci is able to take her down. I think she's able to dominate from top control and win a dominant decision. I think from DraftKings, she's got the opportunity to pick her up, slam her down again over and over and over, scoring those takedown points, scoring those top, top control points. I think she wins this fight, and I'm happy with the spot I got her at. But I wouldn't count out Jessica Penny. She's fought the best of the best. Um, I just don't think she has that same finish ability or ability to capitalize off the mistakes of Ricci here, and therefore it's baby shark season. Yeah. No, hundred. I, I agree completely. Like, like I was saying, like you, you, you. Whether she can get her down or not, how you, how is Jessica Penny gonna actively inflict damage to keep her off of her? And I just don't know that she can or will. So I'm on Ricci, but it's not something like maybe there it is. Maybe she's the parlay piece to Randy Rudeboy. Well, is that, that plus money? Randy and Ricci? Yeah. So I was gonna say it's either the the Ricci Rudeboy. Or the brown shark? Like, I don't know. What do you want to call the parlay? But Whoa, that... why are you making them like a couple now? That's uh, my wife that you're doing that with. Yeah, okay. You relax, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, Guru. I'm, like, go, go let her know <laughs> about the arrangement that you worked out of your mind. Yeah, chill. Uh, anyway, she's my like, that parlay. Guru who, uh, <laughs> who rented out the whole stadium tomorrow or on Saturday. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I had my boy Mark hook it up, bro. First class. <laughs> <laughs> up in the sky. Um, <laughs> um, it's minus one oh six that parlay on DraftKings at the moment, and on FanDuel. Um, I don't even know who's in this parlay. Randy and <laughs> Ricci. Wow, yeah, way less minus one seventeen. Yeah, so, so we'll see if we got a third piece somewhere. I think um, we do. We just might. Well, I can tell you one thing: it's not going to be in this fight. Um, Joaquin Silva versus uh, 
Jesse, Jesse Ronson. Uh, yeah, quite honestly, I mean, like, I don't, I don't have a legit, legit breakdown on this one for you guys. Cause I, I mean, it's, there's only, you know, so many hours in a week and school and work <laughs> and like, you know, you have to really choose where you want to invest your studying time. And I, I'm not even going to BS you guys just, to, I'm not betting this one, but like minus 145 Silva. Why would you ever do that? And plus, <laughs> plus 125 Ronson for a guy that's 0-3 in the UFC with one fight that he decided to take steroids for to get the win. And then Nicholas took it off his record. So, yeah, against Dalby. So, um, yeah, so go ahead. I mean, Guru, maybe did you do a little bit better on this I, one? I'm not really, I, but I, I didn't necessarily do better on it, but I can bullshit. So let me give you guys a little bit of <laughs> for just a couple of seconds. Um, you know, Jesse Ronson is somebody that has um, – you know, has shown to have decent power, but again, who knows if that's the steroids or him. Um, it's his second UFC stint, so that's kind of an interesting thought, right? And then Joaquin Silva is somebody who is um right, uh, similarly kind of old now at 33 years old. Um gets knocked out in 30 seconds by Ricky Glenn in his in his after his near two-year layoff after getting knocked out by Nazarat Hakparast. So you know, Nazareth has kind of shown himself to be very much a decision machine. So that's like, yeah, he's got some power, but that's not a good look. And then again, you take two years off and you get knocked out by Ricky Glenn coming off hip surgery. Like, and now it's been another year. And what the fuck am I to expect from you? You're not going to get knocked out by Jesse Ronson here. Why the fuck not? And Jesse Ronson. How am I to trust you to do much of anything? I mean, I guess you listen, he fought, and that's why I guess where I would take Jesse Ronson. He fought Hoffa Garcia. We like, we kind of like Hoffa Garcia. That's not a bad fighter. And he gets doesn't really do much. He gets subbed in round two. But I would I think it's fair fair to say that, you know, Rafa's maybe somewhere uh, uh maybe a level above him. So I, I whatever. Dog or pass. I don't even know if I want to dive to grandma's couch cushions to play on Jesse Ronson though. So pass. What do you got for us, Gordo? Maybe something a little juicier. You guys forgot. This is the only Canadian on the card. This is one I got to talk about, right? I have to dive into. Um, no, oh, this is a we brought the right guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually think this fight's going to be pretty fun. I think it's a fight of two guys who aren't great, who are going to go out there and swang and bang. And hopefully someone drops down. I think that the under is the way to go on this spot. I think that these guys are probably going to go out there and swing for the fences. And although Jesse Ronson has not looked great, his nickname makes up for it, right? The body snatcher is pretty cool. No, but in all seriousness, he's a guy who went out there. He got what? Headbutted last time? Clash of heads? I see you make a, a face there. Breaking, yeah, breaking uh, news. No, knee to the face. What? No, I made a face. Dana White took to Twitter and denied that Mark Zuckerberg is renting out the Apex facility. Whoa. Maybe it's not Zuckerberg. Maybe it's Meta. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Like, like the company, like, not him Yeah, that'd personally. be like a phrasing purposes. All right, yeah. that's fair. That sounds um, like a Dana thing to do. As you were saying before, you were so rudely interrupted by somebody. Yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. no. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a spot where you have a guy, Joe Cream Silva, who has not looked great, has been knocked out to two southpaws in a row emphatically, facing another southpaw. I know you say orthodox there, Ross. I think he's a southpaw, right? Oh, shit. Um, yeah. I think he might be. Um, he switched stance for sure. I think he's mm -hmm. a guy who's going to go out there and he's going to try to put the leather to the face of Joe Cream Silva. I don't think he has that same durability he used to. If he doesn't, if he is going to lose to a guy who's got... Um, 
the ground game that Silva does. I do think that it's path to victory. Either way, I see this fight finishing. DraftKings perspective, Ronson's a dog, but I will be playing the under, that's for sure. But after picking a side, how can you be confident either side, really? I think that like the plus 140, plus 150 side, I get it for Ronson, just for the immeasurables. Um, like the more durability, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think you can be confident either side. Just give me the under. Thank you so much for saying that because I really, that that was my handicap too. And I don't know why I got distracted off of it. You what, you have to bet that one of these guys kill each other. Like that's, that is the play because their last, all their fights have ended by finish. Like uh, at least as of recently, like his last four, he even had a finish with Nicholas Dalby and Dalby doesn't fuck goes to decision with like everybody. So, Dalby's like Christoph Jotko. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So to get a finish out Ooh. of him is crazy. I mean, it literally was steroids, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I like that a lot. I actually think that's going to find our way onto the bet sheet. All right, well, here we go. We uh, we made it to our next one. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. We got Christoph Jocko versus Brendan Allen. Um, wow, so the question is, the real question about this fight is the over two and a half is somehow only minus 190 when, as Gordo already alluded to, you know Mr. Jocko loves fighting himself to a decision. Uh, out of his, what what he's got, uh, you know, uh, he's got a couple knockout losses, a couple, you know, one submission loss. But, I mean, the dude's got like 17 decision wins in his career where he only has like five knockouts and two submissions. So even back on the regional scene, he was a captain decision, um, and especially so at the UFC level. Um, yeah, 24 total fights, and 16 of them have come at this in the UFC. You know, I, I was picking Mearshart last time out, so, you know, shame on me. Uh, but coming back in this spot here, I mean, I, I see Brennan Allen at a plus 100, and I think that's a pretty tasty look. Um, it should be a pretty even fight as, as far as it goes on paper, but I think even that just a little bit of dog value on, you know, I don't think Christoph Jaco could just rely on those, like those lay and pray takedowns or clinch opportunities as much as he was able to in other, in other spots. I think Allen is a much savvier grappler, at least for the first couple of rounds, whereas cardio is going to be fresher. Maybe in the third, I could see Jaco and his cardio doing well. So maybe we're looking at a sketchy split here. But the moral of the story is I think Allen is going to be the more impactful striker on the feet. Um, it is cool to see, you know, actually Jocko's got a two-inch reach advantage, whereas Allen's going to be one inch taller. Um, you know, they, they match up really well across the board. So ultimately, betting this fight to go the distance is probably a safe thing to do. Slightly chalky, but um, I'll lean Brendan Allen at plus 100. Um, that, that, that's where I'm going to play. Yeah, um, this fight is weird as fuck. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I just don't have too much of a fucking read on it. If I'm just being completely honest, it's it's super strange. Um, I like, listen, I like the fact that Brendan Allen is coming off the win over, jeez, uh, not even really, dude, Jacob Malkoon. What the and Sam Alvey, man? A close fight in the Malcoon fight, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, Jesus, dude, I don't like that at all. I really kind of lean the other way, actually. If I'm really, if I'm just like trying to really think about it, I actually don't even understand the line. Like, 
Jocko is has won five of his last six. His only loss being to Sean Strickland, where he was just outpaced on the feet by a way better striker. Brennan Allen's not necessarily a better striker than Jocko. He like Brennan Allen just I, all my notes on Brennan Allen are mostly like negative ones where it's like he doesn't get he gets hit. He doesn't move his head. His cardio suspect like I, I don't really like I just don't dig it at all. So I don't get it. I'm on Jocko, I guess. I don't I don't get it. What do you can you? Can I you, only have one bet you can make. I can only have yeah. one bet you can make on this fight, yeah. and that is Allen finish only at minus one sixty. I don't think you can play a side really, but I don't think you can mm-hmm. also surpass the fact that they're saying that Jotko has just as good of chance of finishing this fight as Allen. No, I mean Allen's jujitsu is the real deal. Are you really? worried? About, are you worried about his chin? I feel like he's chinny from Jotko though. Jocko. Dude, but from Sean Strickland, though? No, yeah, but Strickland is a volume guy, and also yeah, he but... stuffed his takedowns, and he treated him like a little boy. Jocko <laughs> doesn't do that shit. He just doesn't. He doesn't pop you in the mouth and go, sit down, you little bitch. Like, he doesn't. <laughs> Strickland was there to put a beating on Brendan Allen, who also had a tough weight cut. I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, well, who's to say so, he doesn't have a tough weight cut this time? Jocko has not... Been, like he's been to the scorecards his last six fights, got knocked out by Tavares and Hall. The last time he knocked somebody out was in 2016 against Tam Dim McElroy. Yeah, really that is his him. only finish in the UFC and only one of two finishes amongst a 24 win. <laughs> Where is that? There's two now? finishes in 24 fights. Yeah, and the other one was in 2012 on the regional scene. Yeah, that's bad. Well, what about the other guy that finished? He fought Alan Allen Amadovsky was... and didn't finish Alan Amadovsky. <laughs> that, <laughs> right? All right, all right. That's a good point. All right, you sold me. So it's going the distance. The distance. So what are what are we what are we betting? What's what did you say we got? I'm we taking Allen finish only or Jotko decision only. I don't think that. Yeah. I think it's a pretty binary fight. I think that Jotko is going to win the minutes. Allen's going to win the moments. Is Allen going to be able to take that step up? Probably not. But. I can't cap Jotko at the same percentage of finish equity as I can for Allen. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, what's the Jotko finish on? Decision, decision is plus 150 on? is nuts to me. That's not that bad. Be my, what about like, be... the dis- oh, what did you say? Decision and only Mushroom decision saying Jotko couldn't oh, finish only minus one, Decision only minus 175. <laughs> Jotko couldn't <laughs> finish his lunches. <laughs> no, no. The no, one no, thing no. I will give Allen is he doesn't have to worry – the one thing I will give Alan is he doesn't have to worry about that power coming down his way. He actually has decent fo- evasive footwork and movement that he could be able to, like he beat Punahele Soriano based on his oh, footwork and his ability to move around the cage. I wouldn't, I'd put it, wouldn't put it past him to win the decision. I don't think it's likely. I just think there's more chance of Alan winning a decision than Jodko is to find a finish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is a fight you should completely pass on from a betting perspective. But Thank if you, you have to say that, that means so much to me. Brendan I Allen. So, I, I, felt so, I felt so shitty when I didn't have like a strong read. And to hear you say it's a must pass is like, that's that's really good to hear. <laughs> it's oh, vindicating I, for me anyway. Brendan Allen is like nightmare fuel for me, man. Betting wise. Thank you. Mm. He's, he's on the no bet list. And Jocko <laughs> too. Jocko tough. Jocko's Fair tough enough. Being. I mean, and when we get to this fight, it doesn't exactly get much easier if I'm just being honest. So anybody listening, shout out for you listening. Um, share it around, retweet, uh, like if you haven't already. Check out Gordo as well; he's killing it, obviously. Um, 
wow look at these Don't it's worry. pretty pretty binary with these uh where, where the each color person man. wants to get it huh yeah so i i get it you see it jump off the page but it's like felipe lins garnered all of his grappling stats against who your boy marchi and Procneau. it's like all right so we can go ahead and discount all of those numbers right away um but <laughs> <laughs> i'm dead ass uh whereas maxim grishin all those striking numbers came against like some legit competition and also he was getting grappled by a guy like Marcin Tibera up a weight class on short notice whereas Felipe Lins was grappling Marcin Prakna so okay I think you already see where I'm going Maxim Grishin minus 180 Felipe Lins plus 155 I'll call it out there may be some bias but we're not going with the hater alert because I think it's fucking justified Felipe Lins I say this respectfully but fuck you um no. i just it's it's you been terrible you it's been terrible let's be let's call it out now we need to sound the hater alert who was on <laughs> marcin Pracnia last fight raise your hand no i didn't bet it yeah what did you start you, come on yeah i'm sure i took yeah, marcin Pracnia just it, because it. you know okay well felipe lens finally decided to go oh look i remember to have a black belt oh <laughs> okay great you did it but now you're fixing maxim grishin that's a different level yeah, fighter, no, no, no. a guy that arguably won against Dustin Jacoby. I really thought that you have a good argument on Maxim Grishin coming away with that victory. His losses against Magomed Ankalaev, that's on the regional scene, round four knockout. The dude's got survivability, so Linz is not knocking him out, in my mind. Uh, also, we've never seen Linz actually throw a punch at the UFC level. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm on a Dwight Grant level right yeah, well, here. What are you um, talking about right now? Um, he's at least won a fight. And a I know, PFL but it, millionaire. I know, but his it's basically he was juicing a PFL, drops down a weight class to go to the UFC, or no, went up a weight class, I guess, and now he's back dropping, dropping down to light heavyweight all over again because he was it at heavyweight and he fought Arlovsky and stuff. So it's like the dude's been going back and forth and him making the cut. Like he looked a lot better. I just think like Grishin, he's not going to have that size advantage. He's not going to have a huge wrestling advantage or anything like that. I think Grishin is extremely solid all around and should have him covered. And I don't know if Grishin necessarily finishes him or anything. So I'll go with the special. It's just DraftKings doesn't have the lines up. So Grishin and over one and a half, I'm looking for it. But right now the fights over two and a half is a minus 140. I like this fight to go the distance. Um, Grishin by decision, but I think you can get plus money on Grishin and over one and a half. They just, I, I don't know what it is yet. So we're waiting on you, DraftKings. So Guru, go, go ahead, man. I'm done being a hater. Are you though? Are you ever done being a hater? No, never. There's always a never, couple. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't like that he was knocked out by Tanner Bozer. It's a bad look, but he, sh I guess he should be fan. Yeah, I, I like Grishin. Who? Grishin. Who? Felipe Linz? Yeah. Who are you saying got... Well, you're saying you think Grishin would knock out Linz because it's, Linz got knocked out by Bozer? It's just a little... I mean, obviously, he's up at a heavyweight, but Bozer shouldn't even be a heavyweight. Is I know he the hates bulldozer. Yeah, The bulldozer <laughs> Bozer, man. Yeah, but I, I think you can see... fellow countrymen. Well, at least Bozer fucking throws four times the amount of strikes per minute that Felipe Linz does. Yeah, that's fair. I like Grishin here. I just, you know... There you go. That, nothing prop-wise that really interests me. I guess really, I like the over one and a half, like you said. I don't love it. I like it. He <laughs> likes it. He doesn't love it. 
There All right, Gordo. What do you, what do you think, man? Um, you know what? This is a weird fight because I like to go back and research and the Felipe Lins of the PFL does he died. He does not exist anymore. <laughs> no. Um no. so I don't know what kind of drugs he was on. I don't know what kind of supplements he was taking. But right now, we have to cap this fight of what these fighters are looking at right now. And I do not think minus 180 is wide enough for Maxime Grishin, if I'm being honest. I've not played it yet. I don't know if I should because it's kind of a low-level affair. I just do think that Maxim Grishin should be a lot, a lot wider. I, I capped him at minus like 275, if I'm being completely honest. I'm not a fan of Felipe Lin's skill set. Like you said, anybody gets knocked out by Tanner Bowser cannot be trusted. Um, either way, though, am I going to get there on this kind of fight? Probably not. But I, the pick is going to be Maxim Grishin with a lot of confidence. Yeah, because you do have to worry at some level on, on Grishin's takedown defense if he all of a sudden decides to actually use it. D1 like if he wins, starts, right? right? If he starts spam wrestling all of a sudden, like it could be interesting. But you're right, man. I, I like the way you handicapped that. I'm like almost considering third piece, but I think you get enough value from the I do kind of like half. Yeah, that's a good point. Both both are good points. Because, I, 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 because, I wait for it. Because wait for wait it. for it. So okay, our next fight here, not not this one, but wait for it. So our next wait fight here, it. we got um our girl man cashed out for me big last time. Julia stole the Ranko with the submission game. What was that like a forty second armbar that she threw up on Jesse Jess? I, I love her too. I love Jesse Jess. Oh jeez, but she's got zero submission defense in the armbar game. So. Hopefully she shores that up at some point. But we got Chelsea Chandler here coming in minus 105. Against now Julia Soliorenko misses what one and three, one and four in the UFC is a minus 115 here against. Okay, listen, fool me once with Nick Maximov. Shame on me. Or shame on you. But is it gonna be shame on me this time for thinking Chelsea Chandler should have good submission defense because she's with Nick Diaz Army? Nick is that Diaz stupid? Army, bro. Is <laughs> Cesar Gracie Jiu Jitsu? Um, we're thinking Chandler should be able to come out and survive the armbar attempts. And I mean, listen, Julia is tough as fuck. So I think, you know, over two and a half minus 165 or FICO's the distance could be very reasonable as long as Julia doesn't get a sub. Um, so once again, here we go. This is going to be the test. So if uh, Chandler gets subbed, I will never again trust. A Nick Diaz protege to have good submission defense at the UFC level. Okay, that's Ooh. is that a deal that we can make together on this show? Because all Nick right. Maximov, come the fuck on, man. Yeah, that was bad. That was okay, bad all right, go ahead, Guru. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have too much other than I know why this fight's a catchweight fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's because Chelsea Chandler's <laughs> fucking huge. She's really more of a featherweight. Huge. Huge. She's fucking jacked. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think Julia Stolyarenko is kind of a one-trick pony in terms of armbar bust. So armbar. I kind of like, I do like Chelsea Chandler to avoid the armbar. Um, she does like to get into mount and stuff and throw elbows though. So it could be mm. very interesting. She does. She had, but she's got some good ground and pound. I actually like her to inflict some damage. She doesn't just sit on top and, you know, be stupid. Mm. At the same time, she was searching for her own arm bar and got flipped over by uh what's her face? I think it was Olivia Parker fight. Um, but yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, okay. So, I mean, uh, Gordo, what are you thinking? You know what? This fight's actually be a lot of fun, if I'm being honest. I actually think it's going to be a pretty fun fight, funny enough. Maybe it's a hot take. <laughs> I don't know. But no, betting it's, perspective? It, yes. Pass. Pass. Like, I, <laughs> I cannot get a read on this. You know what? They don't even have the salaries out for DraftKings. Yeah, and, no, um, no props either. Yes, and I was doing my I was doing my videos earlier, and I completely forgot to talk about it just because I I told myself <laughs> there's no way I can bet on this fight. However, that under prop is looking juicy. Like that fight doesn't Ooh. go it should be a bit higher than that. I don't know minus plus one thirty right now. Fight doesn't go to decision. That is what is looking like the way to go. But again, I can't bet on this fight. Like there's so many intangibles here. I shouldn't be doing it. But you look at a girl who's armbar bust, a girl in Ju- Ju- Julija Stolyarenko in her what six losses? She's been finished three times. Mm. I could see that. I just think it's to be a very hectic pace fight. I think if you're holding that Chandler ticket, every armbar that goes up, you're clenching. You're just clenched sitting there. If you can get these books, you can bet Stoli Renko by armbar, specific method of victory. You put uh, something on that because that's all she does. But bettings-wise, no pick at all. Under would be the way to go if I had to, but we're going to stay off of this one. All right. Very good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, let's keep this train rolling. We're doing great. We made it to our opening fight of the evening, and – Ooh, man, uh, Randy Costa, minus 285, Guido Canetti, plus 240. I mean, listen, uh, me and the bookmakers both agree you don't really get credit for knocking out Chris Moutinho. Um, it's just how it is, um, especially when you're 3-5 and five in the UFC overall and you're 42 years old facing the 28-year-old fighter who, oh, wait, what, 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 what are the other advantages? We got 3-inch height, 5-inch reach, one and a half inch leg reach. Uh, Randy Costa, he's never ever been the distance. So, why would you expect him to go there now? And if you don't feel comfortable enough adding Randy Costa as the third leg to our juicy boy of the week, then what you could do is just say this fight to end by knockout. But fucking DraftKings doesn't have the lineup yet. So, I can't share what it is with you guys. So, go ahead, Guru. You go now. I was wondering if Randy Costa could be one of those greasy legs. That was it. Third leg, baby. So, you know, I just don't know how Guido does it. I mean, he, the only, I guess I do know how Guido does it. Guido does it by somehow weathering the storm of Randy Costa and finding the button himself. But I just don't know that he inflicts enough damage or will be able to even hit them with uh, such a, such a uh, range disadvantage here. So I think that they're finally giving, um, Randy Costa winnable fight. I just don't think he's good enough yet, Costa. Unfortunately for him, you know, mm-hmm. Tony Kelly fight kind of showed a lot that you can just really overcrowd him and and start to hurt him. Which, you know, if you're Guido, that's a pretty decent way to try to win. Um, I just think Randy's going to continue to learn from that kind of mistakes, and I also don't think that Guido Canetti is anywhere near as good as Tony Kelly, and that is saying a lot because <laughs> Tony Kelly is no longer in the UFC. So, Gordo, what do you got? All right, let's talk, guys. Let's let's talk. Um, let's break it down. If you guys are not aware, I am a participant in the Lock of the Night Challenge. And on oh, my baby. show, every time there's a Lock of the Night Challenge play, we put on these really cool sunglasses, these Pit Vipers, that I'm going to throw on. Oh, uh, right hold on And a I'm second. bringing them onto the show. 
That's you, it. You Hold want on. A pair? You want to throw it on too? Oh no, I don't. Oh. But you're getting the solo. Let's go. If I had a pair, I would throw them on. This is a spell. Oh, you get to see my setup too. This yeah. is going to be the lock of the night play. It's it's pretty simple. This fight is not going all three rounds, and it's purely because of who Randy Costa is. Um, I think the under 1.5 is the way to go. I'm waiting for them to open the fight. doesn't start round three. That has to be a big bet for me. Look at this fight, guy. Randy Costa had four minutes of fight time before coming into the UFC. This guy comes out shot out of a cannon. Every fight that goes over 0.5 rounds, he loses. And he has no cardio, and that is why he loses. It's a spot where he's got to fight in 40. He's got to win in 46 seconds, 11 seconds, a minute, 11 seconds, 42 seconds. Two minutes and 15 seconds and 41 seconds. This guy is a kill or to be killed fighter. And that's what you want to see when you're take when you're betting on people like this. Is Guido Canetti a guy who's got insane finish ability on his own side? Not too much, but he's got good power. But he's 42. And that's what I all I gotta see is a guy who's been finished in the first round multiple times before. It's pretty simple. Cost is gonna get out of there in round one, or he's gonna fade in round two. And that is how I'm gonna play this one. Pretty simple. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. That is how it's going down. Um, not too, not too spicy. I think it's a very popular opinion. The one last thing I will add is when we are looking at the way that the UFC is structuring these fights, I have made the lock. i made the under in the first fight of the night, my lock of the night several times, just because they like violence to open up the night. Mm. They like to get those, those people entertained and it's worked out when I was there live at 278, Alta Marino versus De Silva. That's the fight to open up the card. It was a violent, mm. it's going to be violent as well. Give me the under one and a half. Let's keep that streak going. Damn, I'm hoping that Gordo's cashing on his lock of the night play. I can't argue, man. So I like it. Hell you know yeah. What, I, I, uh-huh. I think, yeah, tell me. I am, <laughs> oh, I'm going to jinx it right here. I'm 23 in my last 24. So if I lose, I'm not coming on my neck. I'm not coming to your show anymore. Oh, no. Wow. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh, no, it's too real now. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. Jay. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, Jay's. Oh, okay. Oh, oh my goodness! Jeez, I mean that kind of brings us along. I think we should. Here. Maybe we should parlay. Maybe that's crazy. Maybe you parlay this fight and the um, maybe the Joaquin Silva Ronson fight not to go distance for a little violence parlay, or you could even sure, parlay yeah. the um, maybe that Alan Jocko fight to go the distance because we think that that will go. Yeah. I don't actually. I don't I'll like tell that you what's going much. on. I kind of like I'm doing betting wise. Mm-hmm. I'd what play that straight too, but what I'm doing is I'm going to take, I'm going to play the under, or I'm going to take the fight doesn't start round three. That's going to be the big bet. And then just in case that he can serve, like that um, Costa has improved his cardio for another like two and a half minutes, I'm also <laughs> playing the fight doesn't go parlay with Randy Brown. Mm. Nice. That's good. I like Which that a lot too. I don't know what it's going to be on DraftKings, <laughs> on Betway. Um, the fight doesn't go as minus 250, which parlays up. Mm. Sorry, guys. Uh, minus 250 parlays up with Brown for minus 120. Huh. So the ones I try to stay away from are like those minus 400, minus 600, minus 800. Like I feel like those never hit in comparison to when, when you see them and what they should hit at, but a minus 250 for a fight that I feel like should be a minus 1000. That's one where I'm like, okay, I think there actually is value on a chalky leg there. I like that for sure. All right. Well, hey, without further ado, I mean, love it. Listen, show. this 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 card. If we're just gonna be honest, we're gonna call a spade a spade, right? They're filling cards here because ESPN has that contract, and they stack these pay per views, right? UFC Damn. 280, UFC 281, absolutely fucking stacked, stacked, stacked cards. 
So I think that's why you're seeing a little bit like of the let's just get all these veterans in here type shit. Like, or what was it? The card a couple cards ago, it was like 12 Dana White contender series vets at some point. Like it, you know, you're just kind of seeing them pump out cards and Hey, I love it. I love betting on live fights and I love watching live fights. So I'm certainly excited for this one. Like I said earlier, we have a week off next week, which is again, super fucking rare. Um, Very, very strange. Not used to that type of stuff. And then uh, we come back the week after, for uh you know kind of an interesting card again with uh, uh alexa grasso taking on viviana rujo so certainly an interesting matchup there one we'll, we'll be excited to dive into uh but man gordo anything you want to say man before we log off and thanks so much for coming on man you were you killed it brother no i had a great time hanging out with you guys you know talking baseball talking football talking hockey all this stuff it's uh it, it's, it was fun coming on the channel so thank you so much for having me on uh one more thing i'm gonna add and this is just because we love mushroom i i did cook up a parlay for him just because oh, i knew yes. he'd ask yes. um as as you guys all know if you guys want to know I, my dms are always open if you want to talk fights at gambles gordo on twitter i know gambles gordo not gordo gambles it's, it's tricky <laughs> um what we're gonna do for my parlay though uh, I got a risky one for, for Mushroom because that's the way that Mushroom likes. He likes those big prop money, those big plus money, sorry. Um, so this one's going to be a, a bit risky, but uh, I actually hmm. actually like this spot here. So uh, we're going to take um, Jens, Jesse Ronson to win by KO or TK at plus 375. That's going to be the first love leg. Already love that's it. a bit risky. We're going to take Jotko to win by decision at plus 150. And the last leg of the parlay, which is going to be a, like a bit safer leg just to get us there. We're just going to take the under one and a half in the Costo Canetti fight. That brings us to plus 1620. There you go. What? I know. Get the Holy right shit. There. I'm like, we're, we're going to grandma's couch. cushions. Grandma. For that one. grandma. We're going to grandma's couch cushions for that one, boys. I love that. That's excellent. Let's <laughs> go. Other, other than that, uh, I'm currently in the process of editing my video. I actually have a uh, my first hockey fantasy draft of the year in about 15 minutes that I got to go do. I just looked. Oh, shit. I got the first overall pick. Tough question. Do I take Sidney Crosby first over? Oh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Oh, my Don't goodness. worry. Um, other than that, okay. you can find all my work at Plays and Fade Sports on YouTube. I will be posting uh, not only my drafting breakdown there, but also a full card breakdown with Lou Betcha tomorrow night. Uh, you know, but I thought I'd come to your show first because, you know, it's always been a lot of fun. And uh, it, it definitely lived up to the hype. I enjoyed being on the other <laughs> end of the screen. I always make sure to check you guys out. So uh, it, it was an absolute pleasure. And I hope I can get on again sometime soon. We'd love to have you back on, man. You're part of the family now for sure. So we'll be tuning in for you. We, we're really excited for that. Is is Crosby like a – is Crosby a round one pick still? I would imagine he's not. Mm, he's projected to go 18th. So round So two. if I'm lucky, Maybe I can snake. get it. I'm first pick, though. Who's all my like buddies? So they know I like top five people. Is is uh who your top five people make who's your top point guy? I forget his fucking name. I forget everything about So him. it's <laughs> McDavid, Dryside, yeah. McKinnon, McDavid. Matthews, and then Matthews, yeah. Mc, yeah, McKinnon is also McCarthy's there. That was the name I wanted. McKinnon for the fucking Avalanche. That's who you want. That dude just signed a mm -hmm. major contract. Yeah. Well, I got first pick. I'll take McDavid. We'll be good. Yeah. McDavid, yeah. Yeah, he's sure. the fucking, he's the best. Yeah. He's so good. Anyways, UFC wise, thank you so much for having me on. I gave out my lock the night pick as well, so I'll, I'm gonna write down what time that is. I'll tweet it out. This is gonna be the yeah. exclusive place you can get it. Ooh, what a guy! Excellent. Wonderful what a guy. Love you. Thanks Gordo. so much for coming on. 
So, hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Dana White Contender Series, that's a wrap for this season. So we'll we'll catch you in two, we'll catch you in two weeks, literally two weeks. Arujo and uh, and Grasso, can't wait. Take that care. was my birthday present, Alexa Grasso, after my birthday. Oh, my goodness. And, hey, guys, stay tuned because we 